0: Welcome to the Tech Podcast from Huawei London. This is the second episode of a two-part series, which we're calling the Tech Roundtable. I'm in the company again with three esteemed leading voices in the tech thought leadership space. So, please welcome Bill Mew.
1: Hi, my name's Bill. I'm a privacy activist and campaigner. Um, My focus is on striking the right balance between meaningful protection, so privacy, security, and digital ethics, um, alongside uh, the importance of maximizing the um, economic and social impact from technology. So, looking at AI, cloud, digital transformation, innovation, making sure they're really harnessing the benefits of technology and minimizing the harms.
0: And we also have Dave Coplin.
2: Hi, I'm Dave. I've spent the last three decades helping humans, trying to uh, get them to use technology to help make the world a better place.
3: And Helen Duncan. Hi, I'm Helen. Uh, For the last 30 years, I've been a technology writer uh, specializing in uh, high frequency electronics, wireless, and most recently 5G. I write about everything from how a high frequency transistor works right up to the Most ambitious use cases of 5G technology.
0: So, welcome back, all of you. Um, So, in our last episode, we discussed the importance of collaboration. And if you've yet to hear it, um, do check out the Tech Podcast playlist and have a listen back. So, building on from collaboration to today's topic is the green tech revolution. So, fresh off the back of COP26 and the continued awareness and debate around climate change and the need for cleaner energy solutions, it might be obvious. But what do we think um, tech has to answer for? And can it play a key role? Um, Dave, it's a huge question. What do you think?
2: Uh, Without a doubt, it can, uh, Ching-Han. And the thing for me is, in a sense, it was technology that created this problem. We are uh receiving the impact of the first industrial revolution so all of the things all of the things that we enjoy today that came as a result of the industrial revolution in the 19th century are now playing out in our atmosphere we just need to make sure that in this fourth industrial revolution that we create innovation that doesn't present the same problem for subsequent generations down the road. So how are we going to use technology, not just to clean up the planet, but to help us do the things that are so important to us that we enjoy and we need to do in a way that adds adds to the planet rather than takes away?
0: Yeah, and Bill, the importance of green tech in the modern world. Do you believe it's recognized as a force for good?
1: I think there is rising awareness and I don't think um, anyone missed uh, the, the fact that uh, COP26 has recently occurred. Uh, it's been right across the headlines and it's a major um, uh, a discussion point like it simply wasn't only a few years ago and therefore in terms of people's awareness of the green agenda and in terms of the level of importance it has even with uh, the leading global political figures it is far more front and centre than Than it has ever has been, but it needs to be. Um, because we need to take action now. And it's actually going to be a combination as ever of people, process and technology. Um, and the technology is a double-edged sword, because it, there are many areas of technology where actually things like 5G use far less energy and are far more efficient and can uh, achieve far more for less in terms of the benefit and the the uh, um, uh, advantages uh, with using less, tech, less uh, power. Um, the problem, though, with... Much technology is that we are going through generations of technology so qu- quickly, uh, and so little of it is repairable or upgradable um, that we really need uh, to enforce the rules around the right to repair and things like that to make sure that we're just not building up an enormous amount of technology waste out there um, that is contributing to the problem. Uh, and I'm su- sure in this discussion, we'll come on to talk about uh, the other aspects the people and the processes and how we need to change our behavior and how we need to change our use of technology. Um, But that is going to be paramount.
0: Absolutely. You mentioned the pace of technology um, is quite rapid at the moment, but so is the need for this kind of action around climate change um, and and smart energy uses. Um, Helen, coming to you, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Yeah, I think we need to be very aware of the the footprint that our own technology is is making, um, both Bill and Dave have alluded to the fact that technology is both uh, part of the problem as well as part of the solution. Um, One one aspect which isn't uh, widely recognised is how much energy is consumed by data centres and the more bits of data we transfer and how efficiently we transfer those is increasing uh, the energy footprint. And even software... Uh, can be inefficient because if software is bloated and takes a long time to run, then it's using a lot more energy to do that. So we do need to look at more sustainable ways of uh, transferring data and storing data uh, and also uh, to use our technology to to monitor energy, energy usage and... Um, and make sure that that is uh, that's done in a much more sustainable way. um so yeah, there are there are two parts of the problem. there's cleaning up the mess that's been made by um the first generations of the industrial revolution, but making sure that the current generation is much much more sustainable as well.
0: Yeah, and you raise a really good question there. is tech part of the problem or is it part of the solution? So, Dave, um, I don't know whether you have any kind of examples that come top of mind or anything that's really impressed you um, with green tech and innovations, whether it's practices or pledges, um, if there's as tech coming out, out as part of the solution, perhaps.
2: Yeah, uh, w- w- without a doubt, and, and, and in a number of levels. So the real extreme ends of innovation is how technology is helping us understand how we can re- use renewable energy to create new energy and i'm talking specifically about hydrogen so all of the work we're doing around carbon capture all the work we're doing about el- electrolysis but powered uh, through renewable energy so creating green hydrogen is super important and that's at the sort of the far end of this sort of, innovation spectrum at the you know much closer to home what i'm really looking forward to is a world where we kind of have a if you like a Uh, a a Fitbit or a health wearable that that lights up our carbon footprint. I want to know as a a consumer, help me understand what my carbon footprint is. When I take the car and I drive to London versus the train, uh, when I pick a a beef hamburger versus a plant-based meal. Help me understand that. And technology is going to be a huge part of lighting up that data in the same way that those Fitbit and those other health wearables, they light up the data that helps us make healthier life choices. So I'm really looking forward to, in in the near future, a world of 5G and Internet of Things, and, and really a connection of all of those disparate pieces of data that helps us as individuals, as individual citizens on this planet, make the kinds of choices that have a positive impact to our society.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, as a consumer, what can we do to make more informed choices? Bill, um, you know, do you think there's enough to being done at the moment in terms of awareness and understanding the green choices we have?
1: I think a lot of education is happening and there's a far greater awareness than there used to be. But still, a lot of people associate the whole environmental agenda simply uh, with uh, sort of the the use of carbon fuels. Um, And while renewable fuels are definitely a direction we need to move in, um, there is so much more to it than simply the fuels that we use to generate power power stations or to drive our cars and aeroplanes and whatever. Um, An enormous amount is, uh, directly applicable in the way that we live um, in terms of our homes and the amount of insulation that we have and the way that a lot of uh, our behaviour is in our uh, daily life, but also in our agriculture and other ways, because there are there, there is actually an enormous amount of the environmental problem being generated from the food and to the wider ecosystem that we need to address. And Technology has a p- role to play there in enabling agri-culture um, and, uh, and agri-tech and in enabling the sort of coverage of all of the, the different areas of the, the uh, 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 rural landscape to enable um, uh, a lot of that to be done far more effectively and efficiently. And at the same time, in allowing for individual homes not only to be better insulated and to be more efficient in the use of technology, but to have local generation through uh, their own uh, solar panels or whatever. Ever. So there are, there's an enormous spectrum to here, um, and part of it again is is people and process. But technology can play an enormously uh, important contributory role.
0: You're right. I think there is just such a vast and enormous field. You're almost stuck to as to where to begin. Um, whether it's you know reducing commissions, conserving water, um, reducing waste, or consuming less energy. You mentioned one area, agri tech. There, and I know Helen, this is an area you're hugely passionate about. Um, any thoughts on this?
3: Yes, uh, I think it's come to the fore recently because there is such a shortage of, um, of labour on farms and we've seen pictures of crops rotting in the fields because there's no one to pick them. So it has actually turned into an immediate crisis that we need a more intelligent and more automated way of bringing in the crops. And um, that also has a knock-on effect is if we can't grow them locally then we end up flying in food and increasing the air miles so that has a, a negative effect on the environment. Um, there's a lot of work going on. Um, one of the places that's come to my attention is the uh, University of, of Lincoln has an agritech institute and uh, they're looking at whether the conventional tractor really could be replaced by either a um, team of smaller robots electrically powered and connected over the uh, the internet or over 5g uh, which which would very much reduce the carbon footprint of uh, of our farms and improve yields improve efficiency you can um monitor microclimates and and find out how the crops can be nurtured you can uh, accurately deliver fertilizers and um and any necessary pesticides although we have not too many of those and bring science into into our fields so i think there's um there's huge potential to uh, to improve the efficiency and the greenness um, if, if that's the right word to use of our agriculture
0: yeah you're so right and you mentioned you know the university study there and how we can bring together those mines. so as we kind of look across the spectrum from acad- academics um, to SMEs, startups, big businesses, and governments. Um, who has the single most kind of impact, or where does the responsibility lay? Um, Dave, do you do you feel there's enough that business leaders are doing to champion green tech, or do you think it's you know uh, a role of of, of others?
2: Uh, that's uh, that's a super tough question. And and the challenge is, um, so so number one, business leaders absolutely need to think about it and are thinking about it. But if you play that out across the spectrum of organizations, so big companies are thinking about it. They know they need to do it for their shareholders. They've got the skills, the resources to be able to do it. What I'm really worried about is a lot of the SMEs, the small and mid-sized enterprises who off the back of the pandemic are still struggling. And, And to tell them, that in addition to staying alive and keeping in business and figuring out how you get through the next phase of the pandemic, you need to start spending more on having uh, less impact on the planet, uh, it is currently, in my experience, is a step too far for a lot of small to mid-sized businesses because they're at breaking point. Hmm. And so, you know, we talked about this a bit, you know, carrot and stick, so we've got to stop beating people up um, but we've got to start helping them. We've got to start incentivizing them. I mean, it could be uh, economic incentives. It could be other ways that we can incentivize people to do it. But until we do that, until we help people really understand what they can do, I think we're in a place where we all get it. We all want to do more. But it's a question of whether we think we can in the current business climate. And that's the challenge that I think many organizations face.
0: Yeah, you mentioned kind of the incentivization there to get people going. Um, Bill, you've mentioned a lot about kind of people and processes. Are there any examples you can think of where this has worked really well so far?
1: You, you need to make things not only um, attractive to people, but also feasible. Um, enormous amount of what we do every day has moved online. Um, and this is enormously positive. So we're not sort of traipsing into places, filling in forms on paper that's sort of printed out in, in enormous quantities um, and then sort of posting it and, 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 and sending it back. And again, the transportation behind that, if we fill forms online, that can massively reduce the amount of, of the carbon footprint that we're that we're causing but that's only feasible if we enable and the digital divide is a real challenge here if we enable all parts of society to participate in that manner so that they have that sort of connectivity that they're able to do that and at the same time um there is a carrot at stick approach to to everything, we need to make it actually attractive and um, beneficial for people to take the right, the green approach in so many of these different areas. Um, And therefore, if the uh, 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 incentives and if the feasibility aren't there, the the actual behaviour isn't going to change in the way we need it to.
0: Yeah, and to create kind of that driver in change, lots of what we've talked about today has been focused on planet Earth and what we can do here. But a possible curveball question to end with, just looking at the need to fix our world from the current climate damage. Um, if you could choose between either cleaning up the oceans um, or heading into space and finding alternative resources, which one would you choose? Um Bill, let's go to you first.
1: Uh, I'm not a particularly big advocate of so the sort of approach to safe uh, uh, sort of space tourism that we've seen. I think it is um, enormously negative. The amount of energy uh, and uh, carbon damage and uh, 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 wasted um, money uh, fueled into uh, space tourism, I think is uh, a travesty. I think we'd far, be far better off investing that in a lot of the cleanup that we need on this planet. I don't think other planets I don't think space holds the answers that we're looking for I think we have to solve things right here right where we are because there is only one planet there is only one solution and it's right here and we need to actually take it seriously and get on with it
0: so
3: Bill's feet are firmly on the ground Mm -hmm. on this one how about you Helen I think in the past space exploration has given us some significant technological benefits in fact a lot of the semiconductor technology that we rely on today was developed as part of the uh, of the US space program in the 60s and early 70s however i'm definitely with Bill on space tourism and and actually looking to go and live on other planets i think that's that's just something that is never really going to be a solution for most of humanity, and I think we should look to the greater good rather than just um, the vanities of uh, of certain billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and so, Helen, that's uh, two tickets for the team submarine. Um, <laughs> Dave, any tickets for the space rocket?
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to uh, go on full James T. Kirk on you because the. the the point is, you know, it, it, it was looking back at the Earth from space, uh, from which the environmental movement was born. It was only when we realised that we are living on a finite resource and we could see it that people started to understand that. Look, without a shadow of a doubt, the space tourism thing is a, at best, a distraction and at worst, massively damaging to the environment. But we mustn't lose sight of the scientific value that we can gain from being in space. And so I think a tempered approach, I think looking for opportunities for us to help us solve the challenge. So satellites being able to help us spot the plastic in the ocean, the pollution in the atmospheres. We're not gonna be able to solve the problem that we face on the planet without being off the planet. And I think that's the bit for me. That's why I wanna head into space, but to fix the problem, uh, not just for a boondoggle.
1: Uh, it's Bill here. I I have to disclose a, a vested interest here. Uh, I'm a former officer in the Royal Navy, so I'm I'm very much more acc- accustomed to the to the submarine than the spaceship. Um, but I, I really think that cleaning up our oceans and our planet is the only way forward. Uh, I think it is the amount of energy that it takes to get anything into space, however small, um, is a a, a, a massive cost to the environment, and therefore we have to I think be Far more selective in what we choose to put in space and whether it is going to have uh, the sort of return on investment, not only in commercial terms, but in environmental terms. Um, and I can see how low Earth orbit satellites have the potential to enable us to have a a better picture on what's happening across the planet, to enable um, devices in uh, uh, agritech or whatever. But there's very little else um, that we're putting into space. Where whether it's um, travelling to Mars, whether it's elsewhere, that is ever going to provide any return for our uh, planet. Um, I'm a strong believer that the the fuel that we expend putting things into space needs to be taken very seriously. And and there are very few um, uh, enterprises that actually have a a net benefit for the planet.
3: Strong arguments there. Helen? I'd like to put in a a word on the space side um, again, though. Um, looking back at, at the early space exploration, I have to say that it was very inspiring to me as a child to see a, a man land on the moon. I was at school when I first saw a piece of moon rock and was absolutely enthralled by the fact that it had come from so far away. And I think that space still has the potential to inspire young people to do STEM or STEAM subjects. Um, so I think it has value there. Um, I also wanted to point out that the low Earth orbit satellites that are that are going up, although they're um, potentially creating space junk of the future, are going to play their part in, uh, in closing the digital divide because they can um, connect places on the planet, which there's no chance of a fibre or terrestrial cellular networks ever reaching. Absolutely. I think we've got
0: strong arguments both for staying here on planet Earth or heading out to space. Um, but what is really clear is, you know, exploration doesn't end here. We're really only just scratching the surface of what's to come. Um, and it's, it isn't without green technology um, has a big role to play in shifting the business priorities. So um, thank you so much for all of your thoughts on this. Um, it's clear from everything you've said today that we really need to invest in the talent, share learnings and collaborate all um, so that we can all benefit from uh, the technologies around us. Um, This is a topic that we would love to discuss in much further and have a continued debate on. Um, But for today, I just wanted to say a big thank you to our special guests, Helen, Bill and Dave for their contribution in today's episode on green technology. Don't forget to subscribe to The Tech Podcast. I look forward to you joining us again in the next episode. In the meantime, if you have any comments or suggestions to this podcast or future podcasts, tweet us at Huawei UK or use the hashtag the tech podcast.